Good morning, kids. <laughs> Welcome to story time with Uncle Fatty. <laughs> Give me just a second, it's a bit chilly. <laughs> My shawl. I'm glad you all could come back to this special session of story time with Uncle Fatty. Some of you didn't even know you were going to have it. But it's December. Can anybody tell me what is so special about the month of December? Anyone? Last one of the year. That's not wrong, uh, young man. I'm thinking a little more festive. Uh, it's, it's Christmas. Thank you, yes. Well, today I'm going to tell you a special story about a special family and a special baby named Jesus. So you just sit back and get comfy, put on your imagination hats and your listening ears because this is a good, don't get that comfy. <laughs> put your feet on the furniture. Here we go. Once upon a time in the town of Nazareth lived a young woman named Mary. Mary did her chores. She was kind to others and loved God very much. She was engaged to be married to Joseph, who was a carpenter. One day, while Mary was at home cleaning her room, an angel suddenly appeared. Before, and before Mary could say anything, the angel told Mary that she was favored by God and that God was with her. Mary was surprised. <gasps> she was trying not to be afraid, but she had never seen an angel before. After all, Mary was just a regular girl like you or me. No, like some of you. I don't know who wrote this. <laughs> Apparently the author was a female. Why, why was this angel visiting her? What, what did the angel want? And the angel quickly tried to reassure Mary and said, Do not be afraid. God has found favor with you. You will have a baby boy and are to give him the name Jesus. Mary was confused. She was not yet married to Joseph, so how could she have a baby? The angel thought this might concern Mary. <laughs> he was a smart angel. And he said, the Holy Spirit will perform a miracle. And because of this, your baby will be called the Son of God. To Mary's surprise, the angel had more exciting news, as if that wasn't enough. Even your cousin Elizabeth is going to have a son in her old age. Many thought she couldn't have children, but she is already pregnant. You see, nothing is impossible with God. Mary couldn't believe what she was hearing. She didn't know what to say. She realized she was trembling and knelt down. When she was finally able to speak, she said, I am the Lord's servant, and I hope everything you have said will come true. The angel then disappeared, and Mary was left alone. But soon after, Joseph found out that Mary was going to have a baby. He was confused and upset. I can imagine. But an angel came to him in a dream and said, Joseph, do not be afraid and to take Mary as your wife. The child is going to have she is going to have is God's son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. When Joseph woke up, he remembered what the angel had said. He knew that everything was okay, and he wasn't upset anymore. Now in those days, the government decided that they should count everyone that lived in the area of that world, the area of the world. So Joseph had to take Mary to his town, Bethlehem, to register. It took Mary and Joseph a long time to get to Bethlehem. They didn't have cars back then. So it probably took them a lot longer to get there than you might think. This was, a very, this was very tiring for Mary because she was soon going to have a baby. 
When they reached the town, all the hotels were full, and there was nowhere that they could stay. Finally, someone felt bad for them and offered them a place to stay. The Bible doesn't say for sure where they stayed, but most people think they stayed in a small barn where animals were kept. In any case, doesn't it seem strange that Jesus, the King of the Jews, wasn't born in a fancy palace or even a hospital? Mary and Joseph were thankful that they at least had a place to lay down. It was warm, and there was plenty of straw to lay on. That night, an exciting, wonderful thing happened. Mary and Joseph had a baby. More Mary than Joseph. But it wasn't just any baby. It was baby Jesus, the creator of the whole world, the king of kings, the one who would save the world. The little baby boy fell asleep in Mary's arms, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger on some clean straw. Mary and Joseph soon fell asleep. They were so glad to have this special baby join their family, and they lived happily ever after. What? (laughs) That's a children's story about the birth of Jesus. And it's not all bad, but it's not all good either. Today, now don't get me wrong, I love the story of Jesus. I love the birth story, but I think we get caught up in all these different versions. We get caught up in all these cute things that we miss what's really happening around here. And we get caught up in these things and we miss some pretty big things. You see, There's no greater gift than the gift of God sending his son to live on earth and then die for our sins. But we got to realize it's not some fairy tale. It's not it's not once upon a time. It's not happily ever after. Well, it ultimately is happily ever after, but it's not in the sense that I just shared with you. And I'm not against cute children's stories to help our kids understand what Jesus has done and and what Christmas is all about. But I, I did that because You know, from a father's perspective, the gift of Christ to the world is an indescribable gift. I, as a father who only has one son who is not perfect or any of that, I couldn't send him for you all. That's an indescribable gift. I would actually say this whole Christmas birth story, if you will, is a story about indescribable gifts. And when you really look into the indescribable gift of Jesus Christ... And when we break this story down and we see how it applies to our lives, we will see that indescribable gifts require indescribable sacrifice. Sometimes that sacrifice comes from the one who is giving the gift. In that case, it would be God giving us the gift of Jesus and that ultimate sacrifice of his death. I can only imagine what that feels like. Sometimes um, that sacrifice comes from the people who, who were receiving the gift. And that's what we're going to look at this month. We're going to look at, in the birth story of Jesus, we're going to look at Mary and Joseph and the wise men and Jesus. All of these characters, if you will, understood that indescribable gifts require indescribable sacrifice. Will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for the gift of your son. And in this month, as we talk about indescribable gifts and the sacrifice that went with it, I pray that that you will just embolden us to, to go out and to share the gift of your son. Open our hearts as we hear your word today, Lord. Let us not just be hearers, but let us be doers. And, and let us put your words into action. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Go ahead, if you haven't already, turn to Luke chapter 1. That's, that's where we're going to spend most of our time today. 
is, is Luke, that's all, all of our time actually, is going to be in Luke chapter 1. Uh, specifically, we're going to start in verse 26. <clears throat> Luke chapter 1 verse 26 says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin <clears throat> betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and he said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now, some things to consider as we, um, <clears throat> as we kind of set the stage, the stage, so to speak, uh, for this story. When you look at Luke chapter 1, in context, verses 1 through 26, when you look at the beginning of this, um, R.C. Sproul says the words that Luke uses to convey this whole message, it kind of brings out a sense of foreboding, if you will. You see, during this time, Israel was oppressed almost as badly in the days of Herod as they were under Pharaoh. We don't see that in the children's stories. We don't see that, that tyranny, if you will. They were under the tyranny of the Romans who had appointed Herod as a puppet king, Herod the Great. He was ruthless and he was powerful. He was famous for a lot of accomplishments in architecture and building, particularly his completion of the rebuilding of Jerusalem's temple. But he also murdered members of his own family. He, he was the one who was also responsible for the slaughter of children at the announcement of the birth of Jesus. We'll get into that in a few weeks. But, but Herod's name is, is infamous. And Luke reminds us in this first chapter, as we go into what I just read, that the events that he narrates took place during this dreadful period in history. You see, this, this was not some fairy tale. This was not a time of, of re revival or even religious zeal. Herod was not, not the one who would, who would bring his people back to godliness. He was only interested in building monuments to himself. Even the, the rebuilding of the temple was something he did for, for his own self, not because he wanted to honor God. This was a tough time in Mary's life. It was a tough time in, in the life of Israelites in general. You may think that, that there could be nothing greater in all the world than to have an angel make that kind of an announcement to you. I would even I imagine maybe that young ladies growing up that knew the prophecy of Christ and, and, and coming and, and how that would all work out, maybe even imagine themselves what it would be like to be the mother of Jesus. But can you imagine how awesome the responsibility was that was placed on Mary? Do you realize the price that this woman had to pay to become the mother of Christ? Later when Christ is crucified, there's a moment where we see that promise that goes with the birth of the Messiah. And it basically equates that a sword would pierce Mary's own soul. But here and now, as this story unfolds, 
we see that Mary's character and her morals are even brought into question. Folks, I want to tell you, you can cover up and you can hide a bunch of things. But, but with, a, with pregnancy, you can only hide that for so long. And then it's very noticeable. And, and so even Mary may have, may have been able to go through the first month, you know. But at some point, people started to notice there was something different about her. And, and they knew. Mary knew what was going to happen. She knew how this worked. Yet she says to God, if that is your will, then I'll do it. And she receives this indescribable gift. Not yet truly understanding maybe the ridicule and the gossip and the hurt that would come with being the mother of Jesus. But I think it's awesome that the beginning of Jesus' life is marked by a mother who submits to the will of God. And that the end of Jesus' life is marked by the son of that woman saying the words, not my will, but yours be done. You see, Mary lived this season of her life in obedience to God, regardless of what her family would think of her. Regardless of what her community or her friends thought of her, she chose to live in obedience to God, regardless of what Joseph might think of her. At some point, as she submitted to the will of God in her life, she must have thought, what will Joseph think? Purity was a big deal back then. And you know, regardless of what Joseph would think of her, she was going to do the will of God. And out of her obedience, I think maybe she hoped that Joseph would understand. We're going to talk about Joseph and his understanding next week. But I mentioned earlier, imagining the Jewish girls hoping they would be chosen to be the mother of the Messiah. But then I wonder when they see Mary carrying this baby, knowing she's not married, seeing the the things that come with that. I wonder if they would have traded places with her. I wonder what they would have done in her shoes. But I love what Mary does here. Go ahead. Look at verse... um, 46. And the neat thing about this is after she has spent time with Elizabeth, and, and I actually want to, I'm going to start here in, um, in verse 44, uh, which you don't have on the, on the screen, but I'm going to read it to you. Verse 44, Elizabeth says, For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, and, and this, is, this is amazing. I love what Mary says. Mary says, My soul <clears throat> rejoices in God my Savior, for he, has looked, for he has looked on the humble estate <clears throat> of, the serv- of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things in me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is for those who fear him. From generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones. And exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things. And the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel. In remembrance of his mercy. And he spoke to our fathers. To Abraham and to his offspring forever. He spoke to them. All these things are going on. Mary's questioned by Joseph, and it's not till he has a dream that he comes back and says, hey, you know what, I love you, it's going to be okay. Uh, I'm sure all this stuff is going on in, in the community. And, and it seems to me, though, here's all this drama, but Mary knows what's right, she knows what's true, and she chooses to sing. She chooses to worship, if you will. It, it seems to me that when God comes and, and gives his people a song, it's to celebrate some victory that he has brought to them. At this point, the greatest victory of all is still to come when Christ enters the world. But it's interesting that the Bible also promises in heaven, God will give us a new song. 
And I think it's really cool, even as you go through the Old Testament to the New, when God delivers his people from something, there's a song. Looking at Mary's song, I imagine, you know, this time of, of King Herod and, and all his accomplishments. And, and there's all this pomp and circumstance in the world of emperors and kings in the ancient world, and how they march in processions and they have slaves bearing their thrones and holding them up, up high so crowds could bow down to them. They're elevated in the air. And then God would come, and, and in Mary's song, with one tug of his wrist, emperors and kings of the ancient world would crash from their pedestals. This is what Mary says. She says, He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. Mary caught a glimpse right there of the, of the restoration of justice that would be brought in by the Prince of Righteousness, by Jesus. He's filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the wrench away empty. And, and towards the end of Mary's song, we find a similar motif, if you will, that, that happens in, later on in Zechariah's song, uh, who is the father of John the Baptist. And that's in Luke 1, 67 through 79. Write that down and, and look at that. Make a little comparison this week as you're, as you're reading through the scripture. But Mary chooses to celebrate. She celebrates the God who remembers his covenant. And, and our writer, Luke, he's got an eye on history. He realizes that the birth of Jesus doesn't happen in a vacuum, but that the birth of Jesus happens in the fullness of time. When Jesus is born, he's born after many promises from God. Covenants have been made between God and man. The promise that had been made to Adam, to Noah, to Abraham, to Isaac and Jacob is now coming into fullness in space and time. And he has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful. Have you ever wanted something really bad? And I don't mean like Christmas present bad. I mean, but just like life changing. Have you ever wanted something really bad? And then when you got it, it wasn't quite what you thought it would be or as great as you would imagine it to be. That happened uh, to a family here at the church years ago. Um, the husband lost a job and was, was seeking a new job. And so they prayed about it. Lord, we need this much money. I need this job. I need these provisions. They were pretty specific in their prayer. And God answered that prayer. And he said to him, said to them, I've got the perfect place for you. And it was like in, I forgot where it was now. Ohio, where was it? Kansas, almost as bad as Ohio. Kansas. <laughs> I'm just kidding, there's nothing wrong with Ohio. <laughs> nothing wrong with Kansas, just simmer down, I'm just having a little fun. Man, whew. But they lived in Huntsville. And God said, I've got what you want. Everything they prayed about, God gave them, except it was in Kansas. So one of them was like, well, God, that's not exactly what I wanted. I won't tell you which one, Dennis. Um, <laughs> the wiser of the two at that time said, hey, we've been praying for this. And God specifically answered our prayer. He gave us what we prayed for. So they packed up and they went to Kansas for a few years. I'm glad that God brought you back. And to get to know that story. But that's what happens. And that's kind of a fun story to share. Because they had a need. And, and they prayed about it. And they were specific about it. And God answered it. But it wasn't quite as specific as they thought the answer was going to be. It's awesome. When, when God blesses us like that, sometimes it may seem like it's in disguise. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Maybe you didn't get what you thought you needed. Maybe that's happened. You've prayed and prayed for something. It hasn't come. And years later... You, you look back and you see 
why that didn't happen in your life. You know, it's, it's kind of like that for Mary. The cost of being the mother of Jesus, it was her reputation at that moment in her life. It, her, her well-being, if you will. Um, people questioned her characters, her morals, all these things. There was the time when Jesus was born, they actually had to flee to, to another country for a while. And if that wasn't tough enough, then there was the heartbreak of, of later watching her, her son give his life for people who were hurling insults at him and, and beating him and hearing him ask God to forgive them. You know, we think this was so easy, like that children's story that I read at the beginning, but this whole ordeal basically turned Mary's life upside down. It, it at some point ripped everything about Mary and Joseph's life apart. You know, the, the pictures are painted of he's a simple carpenter and she's just a, a maiden and, and they come together. But there was so much going on in the back scenes of that. You know, we want to be blessed by God. But are we willing to experience the pain that's sometimes involved with the blessing like Mary? You may not know this, but culturally back then, pregnancy and family and things like that, they were celebrated like the whole community was involved and, and you had like your whole big family was involved and it was a time of, of joy, but not for Mary because of the shame of her being pregnant and not yet married. The Bible kind of shows us because she leaves and she goes to, to visit her, her relative Elizabeth. She shares with Elizabeth one person who can kind of relate to her, which it's odd because Elizabeth had her own sacrifices going on at the time where, yes, she had been blessed with the, the being pregnant with, with her son, John the Baptist, who, who also there were some prophecies about and some foretellings, but her husband was struck mute and, and couldn't speak the whole time she was pregnant. Some women are like, yeah, amen, <laughs> finally. <laughs> but that was a time where, and he was a priest. He wasn't, you know, like a farmer. He, he was involved and he spent that nine months mute. And even as, as the baby was born and people went to Elizabeth and said, hey, what are you going to name him? And she said, John. They argued with her because that wasn't common. The community is weighing in on this. Ladies, when you had your babies, how many people said to you, no, no, name them this, name them this. Look, back then when, you're, when your relatives are going, no, 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 his name will be Zachariah because that's what we've always done. And she's like, no, it won't. No, it will be John. It will be John. Finally, Zachariah is able to communicate that and then his tongue is loosed and he's, he's able to speak again. Mary struggling with the blessing of carrying this baby and the things that are coming at her. And she goes to Elizabeth. And the reason I started back in that verse was because Elizabeth was able to connect with her and say, blessed are you, Mary, because I know what you're going through. My family's going through it too. She had her own sacrifices going on. But with each person in this story, Mary and Joseph, Elizabeth and, and her husband, the wise men, the indescribable gift for these people was Christ. And as we continue on, we're going to see that each of these people had their own indescribable sacrifices, not just Mary. And those, those sacrifices came with that gift. We're going to see that just like some of the people from the Old Testament, people like Noah and Abram and Gideon and Ruth and Esther and Daniel, all these people, Mary and Joseph had to endure their indescribable sacrifices here on earth in order to carry out the will of God. And when you really look at the story, the birth story of Jesus you will see that these people I just mentioned, they all take on some great responsibility for God. And the neat thing about it, especially as you look at the Old Testament characters and even Mary and Joseph, 
they received, um, they, they received these great blessings. But even if they didn't, before they knew the outcome, they stood and they said, I will do what you've asked me to do. Daniel in the Old Testament, regardless of what, what the edict was from the king, he prayed. He prayed when he was going to pray. He prayed to God. He did it and everybody knew it. And he wasn't concerned with the consequences. Everybody that, that takes place here, they took on these great responsibilities even if they didn't know the outcome. They were willing to trust and follow God regardless because they knew that doing God's will was more important than their own comfort or their own popularity or their own financial gain. You see, some Christian people, we seem only as zealous as the strength of our memory of our last religious experience. Ooh, it was so great. And then we fade. But Mary, she carried Jesus in her womb and then in her heart. And we think about that. We think being the mother of Jesus would be easy, would be storybook easy. But I guarantee you there were times for Mary, like when her morals were being questioned and her character was under attack, that she was wondering, what's going on? Why? Why? I'm doing the right thing. But she remained faithful to God. And there are times in our lives, Christians, when we are called to serve and to live for Christ, even when we don't feel like it. Even when it may not be your best week or you don't have an overwhelming sense of God's presence. But every Christian knows that sometimes it means we have to go through the dark night of the soul. That's when we discover what our faith is really made of. That's when, when it comes to indescribable gifts and indescribable sacrifices. That's why we need to know and understand these things. Let me tell it to you this way. If you never experienced another blessing from God other than the forgiveness of your sins and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, even if you've never sensed His presence again as long as you lived, you would have no justification to do anything but live each day in praise for Him. You could do nothing but live in gratitude to God for what He's already done in your life. But we forget we have that experience and then we forget and we fade off. I'm so glad that God doesn't forget. That when he makes a promise, he keeps it. Mary understood that. While all was going on around her, she understood that when God makes a promise, he keeps it. And you know what? She sang. As we come to our response time today, whatever may be on your heart, whatever God may be asking of you, I pray that you will respond like Mary. I pray that, that if that means you need to come forward... <clears throat> Excuse me, if you need to come forward and be baptized, don't wait. If you have more questions, maybe about baptism or Christianity or, or life, don't wait. Come forward. Respond to God's word. Maybe for you, you need prayer and accountability for something in your life. I don't know. Maybe for you, this season, this Christmas time is just a struggle. I know for a lot of folks, there's baggage coming into the holidays. Some of you are coming into your, your first holiday that's going to be without someone in your life, without your, a parent or without a grandparent, and, and it's your first Christmas, and you're going, I don't feel very merry right now. And, and for you, this season is going to be a struggle, but I want you to know you're not alone. The elders are here to pray with you and to encourage you. We're here to help you through that time of celebration. But whatever your decision is, you need to make, respond like Mary. Mary said, behold, I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. I don't know what God's calling you to do or what he's calling you to be, but he's calling us to do more than just sit here and receive gifts. We need to go out and share them. 
Will you stand and sing with us and respond like Mary did? It's been great to worship with you all today, but now it's time to go. I love saying that because not that I want to not hang out, hang out with you, but we've got a message to share. We've got a gift to give. So as you go this week, think about who you can talk to, who you can give the best gift ever to. Maybe it's through your attitude or your actions, through your words. Uh, but give this gift to our community, to your family, to the people at your job. Go this week and carry the indescribable gift of Jesus Christ wherever you go. Have a great week.